The only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. There's a quote from Socrates, the classical Greek philosopher and one of the founders of Western philosophy. I thought the quote was apt for our discussion today, which is a little different. This is not our normal episode, but rather an idea that some may find worthwhile to explore. With business leaders needing clarity to make decisions, the integrity and analysis of data is critical. With that in mind, we've asked Peter Clare, Managing Director and CEO of Rosetta Institute, to shed some light on what resources in this field are available and how we can utilise Australian-grown data scientists and specialists in corporate Australia. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. Peter, how does an ex-banker and an investor find his way into leading a data analytics focused business? That's a good question. And I guess um, probably an unusual way, I, uh, I was diagnosed in 2014 when I was the CEO of Westpac New Zealand with a congenital heart defect right? and uh, was told by the uh, cardiologist that I required open heart surgery to fix it, otherwise I would die in a couple of years' time. I was 50 years of age. So naturally had that done, 2% chance of dying, pulled through and emerged better than I've ever felt before and decided that I was going to play the back nine for fun and uh, returned to Australia and kind of reinvented myself as uh, an advisor, investor, private equity um, and a director. And um, purely by chance, uh, literally a meeting at a cafe with an old friend of mine, Mm -hmm. he suggested that I contact the CMCRC, which is uh, an organisation I'd never heard of standing for the Capital Markets Cooperative Research Centre. It had been around for, um, I guess, 14 years at that stage, uh, funded by the federal government uh, to the tune of of literally millions of dollars each year, and I hadn't heard of it. Um, Anyway, so I called them up, met them. uh, They liked the cut of my my suit, and we had mutual interests, and I ended up being on an investment committee, a board or two, and subsequently, earlier this year, they asked me to take over as CEO and Managing Director of what has been rebranded the Rosetta Institute. And what is the Rosetta Institute? The Rosetta Institute is a, a cooperative organisation, a not-for-profit, that acts, if you like, as a matchmaker between industry participants, and they could be regulators or, or industry, mm-hmm. who are interested in availing themselves of PhD students. Uh, who are completing their PhDs. We connect with the universities that the PhD students are conducting their studies with and uh, manage, I guess, the process of that uh, in a not-for-profit entity which allows the organisation that is hiring the PhD student to provide, um, if you like, a, a tax-free stipend to the student. So it's advantageous to the student. The university gets access to industry partners and provides a scholarship for the student, and we administer it with a, the purpose of having more data analyst or data scientist PhD students being educated in Australia. During the 18 years that the organisations operated, uh, we have now got around 140 PhD graduates, and we've got 55 currently on foot. And they're all data analyst specialists, or look, they all—they're all focused, if you like, on data science. Okay, um, it's a wide range of of, of different activities. Um, I guess the the main flavour would be um, market microstructure, which is uh, the best way to describe it would be market quality as opposed to market efficiency. Uh, and we've had some very positive outcomes over the 18-year period. Um, I guess the, the the best example of that would be a business called Smarts, which was now 
which was sold to NASDAQ, now owned by NASDAQ, mm-hmm. and it operates as uh, the uh, market surveillance, the stock exchange market surveillance software operating in 80% of the globe's stock exchange. And this, this was a system that was invented and created by the CMCRC or the Rosetta Institute. All right. From the dawn of time, information's been power. So why is data analytics anything different than what's always been? Or is it just a why is it such a fab word to talk about? Well, we're we're living through you know, an amazing time. I, I don't know whether you, you know, people talk about the the new industrial revolution, but I'm 56 years old. I started work part time in a chartered accounting firm in in uh, in 1982, age 18, and uh, in those days we had a um, a typing pool of ladies, uh, and they typed everything that we dictated into dictating machines in triplicate. Uh, one copy got stuck in a file, one copy got was our copy, if you like, and the other copy was sent to whoever you were sending the correspondence to. Now, today, everything is being digitalised, and that's what's really excited me in the last five years. And, and I must admit, it's through my career in banking principally, it's been very exciting uh, to work with that, you know, from the fledgling file net image workflow systems of the 1990s through to how we went about offshoring processing and, and, and voice calls right now to a company I'm involved with separately, which captures in the cloud voice uh, data as bits and bytes. Uh, and companies are now using that data as a tool to obtain insights on customer service, uh, CRM, and all sorts of things that were you know, considered completely impossible 30 or 40 years ago. So which industries are leading the way? Look, I think you know many people would, would look to the big data consumption businesses, and I'm thinking banks, insurance companies, and so forth. Mm-hmm. But as you would know, they're being really disintermediated at the moment and disrupted by the so-called fintechs. Um, I think the fintechs are demonstrating agility in terms of being able to access the insights in data. It's a bit like mining for gold. You know, there's a hill over there, and you know there's gold in there somewhere. You know, where do you dig uh, to, to obtain that gold, and, and how do you go about using it? There's no doubt that uh, the you know, mainstream banks, insurance companies and so forth have got literally masses of data, yeah. but they, at least to date, have not really demonstrated the ability to to look through to the insights, perhaps as well as some of the startup companies that, that have emerged, which have, you know, laser-focused um, approaches to looking for gold. And is that the role of the scientist? Well, the data scientists, they, they, these are very smart people and, and they will, they effectively translate the business question that is being asked by the management teams of the businesses and, and regulators and so forth who engage us into queries and have the tools on hand to analyze the data. So, okay. the, so we, we literally have a lot of data. I won't go into to bits and bytes. Needless to say, Rosetta, the name, apart from being a linkage to, to the Rosetta Stone, which was the de-encryption device for hieroglyphics, mm. a zettabyte is, um, is 10 to the power of 21. And you know, we thought that was a good name for our organisation because we are literally dealing with masses of data. So these scientists can convert business speak into... Uh, techno query and then convert it back into the provision of insights that allow organisations and regulators to go looking for what they're actually after. And from your real perspective and understanding the local and global market, where are we at in regards to Australia? I think Australia's um, hidden its light under a bushel to, to a great extent, you know, as in particular in terms of, of the access to, to very skilled 
people uh, and research uh, throughout our university system. Um, and I think smarts is, is evidence of that. You know, another business we're involved with matches um, health data, so it matches health claims uh, into private health insurers with hospital invoicing, doctor invoicing and pharma invoicing and looks for uh, waste and error and fraud. And you'd be well, maybe not surprised to know that you know three to five percent of all private hospital or private health insurance claims have errors in them. Right. And uh, and you know we're helping those private health insurers uh, ensure that they're not paying out too much, but also we're we're able to look at that same data in a different way, which is to look at the efficacy of hospitals and the efficacy of individual doctors in provision of their health services too. So there's a whole lot of potential insights in that data alone that are, are being driven from a financial desire, i.e. The, the private health insurers wanting to minimise their, their incorrect claim payout, yeah. but which at some point in the future consumers may be able to choose a doctor uh, and a hospital or a combination of both of those for a particular procedure which has a lower you know, post-operative uh, infection rate than perhaps the norm. And we have that data available today. And how does Rosetta engage with corporate Australia? Look, I think in the so I was in the banking industry for you know around twenty years, and the capital market CIC was unknown to me. Mm. Uh, I, I can assure you, that if, I, if I had known about it, uh, I would have engaged some PhD students to do work because I was at the fledgling edge, if you like, of trying to to look at what started off as being called big data and now That's being right. called data lakes and and, and so forth. So I, I think uh, it, it was not deliberately, but was perhaps more focused on the research side of things than, than um, in other words, the academic side. Yeah. It was run by academics and has been up until uh, my appointment. Okay. And I'm hoping to be able to take it to be able to provide solutions uh, for business and regulators, but which continues that that um, long history of successful research and focus on higher education as being able to, to deliver uh, great results. So if I was working for, if I'm a chief executive corporate listening to this now, what's the process that I, I go through, Peter, to to engage with yourselves and actually to ascertain which is the right person for us? Well, first first step would be to take a look online at, at what Rosetta has done. There's a, there's a wealth of, of examples of, of the people that have been involved and, um, and some of the uh, research that has been concluded. And then the next thing would be to contact either myself or Steph Mainfield, who's in charge of our PhD program, and ask her or myself, you know, what the question is that you're seeking to answer. I mean, you don't get PhD students into just sort of hang around the office and help. That's right, you, yeah. Ideally, you know, you have a particular question or a particular set of data that you think there may be some analytical gold in. And then what we'll, what we'll try and do is we'll try and look through our contacts with the universities and our, our student contacts to be able to match make and find someone a student who is actually doing work adjacent or similar to the question that you've got so that there's a mutual benefit to both parties, i.e. the work that the PhD student does for you can actually augment their PhD studies themselves. Now, interestingly, 65 to 70% of all our PhD students that are embedded with an industry partner 
end up working for that industry partner. Right, okay. So um, the balance typically go into academia, as you would expect. But I think that's a great testament to you know the ability for the industry partner to aid the PhD student in getting the PhD, but then the PhD student being seen as being one of the um, great assets of the business going forward, given that they've had two, one, two, three years of training in the business. And, and do you think most corporates understand the value of data? Look, I, I think... I think Australian corporates are beginning to understand. There's a, there's a, a lot of uh, hype in in the press around you know what data there is available, uh, and and literally in, in all organisations, um, there is a lot of data that's wasted that's not captured, and um, you know I, I think one of the the great stories that I've heard from you know, joining the business has been Mike Aiken um, right at the outset of the, of, of the Circa CMCRC creation convinced the ASX and Reuters to provide a full set of data. Uh, and this is the ASX after it, w- it moved from being an open outcry system to an electronic trading system with seats to provide that data to us. And he didn't really know why he wanted the data, but he said there, there's gold in them, they're hills. And after a while in his teaching program, um, he was at the University of Sydney in those days, he, through just talking to students, he realised that he could replay that data after formatting it slightly differently, and he had a team of PhD students doing that for him. Okay. He was able to replay that data. So he could he could look at, in a time series by sort of nanosecond, every single bid, offer and trade that was occurring in a particular stock and play it backwards and forwards to ensure that there was no market manipulation or anything like that happening. And that was deemed to be very powerful for both the ASX, who remain an industry partner of ours today and a close uh, partner in terms of uh, provision of data, and indeed uh, the FCA and, uh, and ASIC and APRA have also used us. So or I would say sort of banking regulation and stock market regulation has benefited greatly from its relationship with uh, what was the CMCRC. And are the corporates investing enough, do you think, in this era? I, th- I think that it's still fledgling days. I mean, it's, it's a bit like the, that old marketing saying where, you know, I'm spending twice as much as I need to on marketing. I just don't know which half to cut. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit like that in terms of, of data science insofar as it's very easy to spend a lot of money and get no insight. I think that the trick is is taking baby steps and looking looking to answer sort of quite discrete questions that one may have, and building a system and and or process or set of resources that can do that. So you're not actually betting the company. You should only be betting you know, small amounts of money to look for uh, insights. And then once you've got a confidence that you've got the right team uh, and the right data set, that then you can go for bigger and bigger steps to look for for changes that you can make to your organisation to cut costs or improve revenue or whatever it might be. And, and look, I, I, you know, when I started in business, you know, in the days of typing pools, you know, I used to think that I, I was well paid because I was able to make, you know, commercial decisions with incomplete information. That was sort of how I made my name. Yeah, right. And, and I, I always focused on decisions that um, were difficult to reverse in terms of taking time to make those decisions. Now with where we're heading with, with data science, the, the good managers in the world or the good CEOs in the world are making commercial decisions with incomplete information. That's why they're good. They're fast, they're nimble and so forth. But for bigger strategic decisions, you can actually call on data science uh, experts and technically analyse a set of 
questions to help prove up if you're planning on making a bigger bet with the organisation. So typically, how, how long do the PhD students uh, engage with uh, these organisations? Well, we, we prefer them to sign up for a year because that gives certainty to the student um, and to some extent certainty to us as well. We like to see them some placed in, in one place. We do, because we have a set of students, if there is a, if, if it, it ends up that there's a, um, uh, a situation where the student's not working out for whatever reason, um, you know, we have the ability to swap in and out students because we run a small bench of students that are available to be placed on shorter term type projects as well. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's only going to continue to be as successful as it has been when there's, um, I guess, a cooperative approach between the industry partner and Rosetta Institute as well as the university, of course. It's worthwhile saying that that, that one of the reasons I have been invited to, to the position that I have mm-hmm. is that the government funding ceased on the 30th of June this year, okay. 2019. And most uh, cooperative research centres, uh, they have a typical life cycle of about six years. The CMCRC lasted for 18 years, which gives points to how successful it has been. But ultimately, all good things come to an end. So whilst we're um, a not-for-profit organisation, we're also not for loss. And <laughs> um, and that's why I've been involved. And that's why I'm very keen to, to I guess, spread the word that, that there is this Australian untapped uh, in, to a large degree, asset sitting there, where you know, for very little investment, an, an organisation can can take a look at what is available with their data set, and because these PhD students and indeed the academics and supervisors that have, that work very closely with them have been doing this type of work for you know twenty years, um, we have lots of uh, war stories and previous studies that we can you know talk about within reason, uh, to assist industry partners in getting to a, a laser-sharp question that they need answered as opposed to sort of saying, well, I've got a whole lot of data and I, you know, there's got to be something good in there somewhere, which is not a great way to start. Peter, I guess the audience out there is thinking, that all sounds great, but is it commercially relevant? You've got scientists quite often aren't known for the commercial insights. So if we're going to apply what you've said, can you give us some recent example of how it's actually turned into advantages for the corporates out there yeah sure the the um i guess taking my own um perception of if, if i was told by my boss that uh, great news would hide you know three new phds i would immediately have thought in my previous life oh goodness these people are going to be propeller heads and i'm going to they're not going to speak my language and i'm going to be you know putting them in the corner there and giving them you know, fruitless jobs to keep the boss happy this is entirely different to that um, yeah, we have uh, significant and very well-known uh, international banks who have rolled over PhD student after PhD student over many years, and they continue to get great value out of those students, and the students get great value out of working for those organisations. And I should add that many of our students actually work in offshore locations, um, which is not well. So it is truly a global program. By way of example, um, we're currently working on a, a book uh, to celebrate you know, the CMCRC and Circa coming together and the invention, if you like, of, of the Rosetta Institute. And um, we have done work around that that suggests that over 2,400 significant uh, business questions 
involving data have been answered by Rosetta Institute students and academics in the 18-year period that the organisation has been operating. We have under, un, underway right at the moment um, some significant research being undertaken in the in the energy markets, uh, both for some of the regulating entities uh, as well as um, we get a lot of interest from the energy um, providers and suppliers right through to the consumer end because you know, clearly there are there are masses of consumer data um, that can be uh, looked at and analysed for you know the best way to, to to manage if you like the relationship with that consumer but right up the the chain to the provision of energy in it itself looking at uh, demand derived energy production by way of example so look it's it's um i'd love to say that we kind of do everything for everybody but but i i I won't say that i think we we do specifically focus on on um, organizations or entities that have um, large amounts of data that uh, need to be analyzed in a market uh, sensitive way and that can be, you know, the market for consumer interest. It can be uh, the market for provision of, of logistics. But typically, these things are markets, and uh, and that's really where the specialist resides. One other thing I'd say is that uh, our organisation has the ability to translate business question into academic scientific inquiry, and then back into business speak, so that the recipient of the research that's done can actually read it and understand it. And I'm talking about people like me or what I used to be. Um, It's one thing to ask a question in business speak and then get some very complex, uh, you know, formula-based answer. You actually want to be able to convert that insight into an actionable insight. And that's something that I think this organisation is really terrific at, as evidenced by, you know, the the work that's been done. Is the pace of change daunting? Oh, look, I I think that, um, you know, the, the pace of change does appear to be accelerating and you know for example that we read literally every day about data breaches and privacy and you know so people i think are becoming as in people consumers are becoming more uh, aware of the value of their personal data and how they go about you know retaining it and maintaining it Um, but in that you know, as as that explosion of data, because the cost of holding data has, has, has decreased so dramatically that you know, literally, I remember some time ago I had a um, a futurist come and talk to to me when I was in banking, and um, he said to to my team, you know, imagine a day when every single photo you've ever taken sits on your own personal device like a mobile phone, and we laughed at him. Well, are you joking? I mean, all those photos, they won't fit on a mobile phone. We've got that today. And in fact, you know, your whole life resides on that personal device now. And so if your whole life uh, resides on that personal device, what insights can uh, organisations that are providing services and products to people gain from that data? So I, I'd encourage anyone who's listening to to pick up the phone or, or contact us by email and and give us a challenge. We love a challenge, and I've got lots and lots of really smart people working with me who would love to help you. On that note, thanks very much for joining us today, Peter. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for the opportunity. 